2: Hello and welcome to another episode of Courtside Fracker. I Me mean, Mariah back from load management, uh, as yes, kindly mentioned last week. Thank you. Yes, uh, I'm joined this week by Nets fan Sai. How you doing, si?
1: I'm good, man. We're fresh off a win. Things aren't as bleak as they were. Yeah,
2: never a dull moment with your boys, uh, we won't be touching on you this week, just waiting for that roster to get back to 100%, uh, mandates maybe being ceased, we won't talk too much about that, uh, but then yeah, we can definitely expect you to, to give us uh, your thoughts on the new look Nets, uh, and I guess not necessarily in the blue corner because you're not against each other, uh, we're joined by Canyon, our man on the West Coast, long term Lakers fan, how's it going
0: Kay? Miggity Mike, check. It's all good over here, bro. Like I said, I've got my fitted on. I'm feeling like the old me. Is it me. all good, bro? Isn't it... <laughs> Is it, bro? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. not, it's not. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not in the world of hoop, but cross sport, I'm feeling all right now. You're, so. feelin',
2: you're feeling good. yeah. You're, you're, you're running to your other franchises to, to keep your head up. Hey, no other <laughs> franchises in LA, we're champs, baby. <laughs> we'll, boys. Will some... We'll talk a little bit on your Lakers later on in the pod. Um, but before we start, um, for those of you who don't know, uh, this is a new feed that we've been releasing the podcast on. So uh, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe to Courtside Fracker. We're the only pod on this feed. Um, if you're listening on Apple, you're listening on Spotify, please give us a rating. Please give us your thoughts on the pod. Uh, and when you are listening, please use the hashtag Courtside Fracker to join the conversation. Uh, the guys on the Twitter do love going back and forth with fans from... yeah teams across the league actually um so a nice back and forth side you had a, a few weeks ago uh, regarding the best shooting big man ever um <laughs> We will have to do a separate YouTube piece for that. And speaking of the YouTube, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, also Courtside Fracker, please do. Uh, We recently released a vid from Yas talking about the defensive schemes of the Celtics. Um, And if you're anyone who's seen his previous videos, you know that he goes into great detail. So yeah, please give that a watch, leave a comment, leave a rating, share with your friends who may also enjoy uh, with all that business being handled, uh, let's get back into the NBA, fresh off of All-Star Weekend. Um, I want to start with the freshly minted 76ers, got their first out in this Friday, uh, 133 to 102 win over the Wolves. Uh I'm gonna come across to you side, just because it's all things James Harden and nobody has watched more of James than you in the last year. Um yeah, the, the win probably flatters them a bit. Forty-eight percent from three, which we know they're not going to do every, <laughs> which you know they're not going to do every single night. Um, but, but let's talk on what you saw from James um, and and his new teammates. And I guess there was a bit of a conversation in the build up to the trade that James was washed. Um, how how true do you think that is? How much do you think he potentially down tools at the nets? And yeah, what what did you like and maybe slightly hated on with, with his new team?
1: Yeah, I think I think in, in regards to whether or not James Harden is washed, when we did the spaces around uh, Christmas time, I vehemently disagreed with that. Yeah. As a statement. Just from a standpoint of the fact that he's he was forced in the second year at Brooklyn to basically change his game. We didn't really have a competent big man for him to do any pick and roll with, which is a massive, massive element to his game. And ultimately coming off a, A hamstring injury, rule changes, all of that stuff. He was a bit less aggressive than he naturally is. Um, Just before he left, he did start to pick up a little bit. And then, obviously, the phantom injury struck. So, yeah, he did down tools to some extent. But at the same time, this whole debut thing is James Harden's MO, man. Yeah. I think he's, he's, he's like the only player in history to have... 27 and 12 in each of his debuts.
2: Really? So he, he comes in hot and he wins over, he tries to win over the fan bases really
1: quickly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, get, get, get some of the, uh, working girls on his side and all sorts of, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, more of the same from James, man, top, top quality player. Uh, it's just a, it's just a case of whether or not he can figure out how to get the best out of everybody on that, on that roster in enough time for the playoffs. Um, if, if they can do that, then they're going to be a contender.
2: Yeah. Okay. I guess with that, well, listen, Embiid is Embiid. Last couple of years, he's been an MVP candidate. He's going to get you 30-10 few assists as well. What was interesting to me when I was watching that was the other guys. So Obviously, you've got yeah. Tyrese Maxey, uh, you've got Tobias, Joe, Cole, um, <laughs> and you've got um, all the other guys who are going to chip in. You've lost a bit of shooting on the 76ers, but I think Harden, the soundbacks that were coming out of the Nets was he wanted the offence to, to run around him a lot more like what he was used to in Houston. Um, I think there's potentially a lot he can do for those guys. So what did you see in that win? And what do you potentially see happening if Philadelphia do give him a bit more of the ball and let things run through him a bit more uh, than they had done at the Nets?
1: I think we, t- we touched on this before we came on air, like Tyrese Maxey next, next to him as just like an energy guy who's going to cut hard to the basket, just going to be in perpetual motion, I think that complements James Harden's game tenfold. As, as as I was saying in the lead-up to uh, James Harden playing with KD and Kyrie, both of those guys are, have an uncanny ability to either be stationary, stationary off the ball or, mm. in, the, in the case of Kyrie Irving, being in motion so he can be hit when the defence collapses to try and stop James Harden. So having someone like Maxi and then someone like Tobias Harris, who can do that more stationary spot up shooter type role, it will complement his game well. One of the things that I did notice, though, is there wasn't much of a two man game between him and him and Embiid. Yeah,
2: he did. I think you fed him a few um, assists, but it was kind of just like, oh, here you go. Yeah, like It wasn't exactly. like it wasn't like a natural synergy, which I guess we can expect in the first game. Um but it'll be interesting to see how that combines. Do you think because obviously when people have questioned James, you've been like he needs a specific type of player. We we saw what he did at Houston. Do you yes. think Embiid will have to tailor his game a bit more to get that extra bit out of James, or does James
1: have to tailor his game a bit more for, for Embiid? I think it will be a case of James tailoring his game to Embiid a bit more, which which to be honest if, if if you look at what their skill sets are and how they like to go about getting their ball their their points you give Joel Embiid the ball he's going to go to work he's going to get you points right so like there's there's not much to that i do think they need to meet in the middle slightly you do need to see a bit more pick and roll action with the two mm. um and you can't just have james harden facilitate others and joel embiid doing an iso ball because naturally what's going to end up happening is you can scheme to get those other guys out of out of the game. Yeah, if they're not on the same side of the court, then unfortunately you're going to be looking at James Harden running down the shot clock and step back free. and for, for The, ba- the bad
2: side of James Harden, yeah,
1: precisely. So I, I do think they need to be a little bit careful. Uh, they need to they need to find that sort of uh, combination play between the two of them, and that will just naturally open up uh, opportunities for the other guys.
2: Yeah, after the game, um, I hope Embiid does take into account that it is the Timberwolves, and they do tend to throw up these defensive stinkers here and there. Uh, Embiid had this to say, I had a lot of easy baskets. I used to have to work for everything. But in the fourth quarter, the shot-making ability, the shot creation, you should have seen my face. It was just like, we've never had this, nothing close to this. So hopefully that continues. We didn't even play our best, but I think we can do way better than that. A little bit of a jab there at his former teammate, uh, with the we've never had anything like this, um, but it's a, it's a nice settling in game. It's it's a nice settling in game for James, and they probably looked at the schedule and obviously he's injured. Um, those of you who are listening and are not watching this, I did air quotes for the injuries, and also looked where's a nice place on the on the schedule to have him come in, and just you know, best thing a new player can do is just have that first game that just gets fans on side, and even if the next couple of games don't go as well, um, you already oh yeah, we already saw what he can do. it's you know. Fitting in teething problems in comparison to starting a bit rough and then having to look around like okay w- what game is he gonna go off to get the get the fans on his side and you know Kay when you when you look at the fact that they've given up um Seth Curry who yeah he's gonna get you fifteen to twenty a night he's a, he's a he's a threat from the three point line as well um there is a certain level of um, James having to be Houston Harden. And also needing to get the other guy. It's almost like a community now. You have to make up for what you lost from, from Seth Curry. So I guess for UK, um, what ceiling are you putting on these 76ers um, with Harden and Embiid leading?
0: Hmm. In a good year, the conference finals. Yeah. And that's Ooh. a very good year. Okay. That's a, that's a, that's a good year for them. That's a good year. They shouldn't be disappointed if they reach there. But then this all depends, again, on everyone else's situation. So you've got Miami, who will always be thereabouts. You've got the Bucks, Giannis, and they're going to stay good for as long as they can because Giannis and Middleton are going nowhere and they've got that solid core in defence. And then you've also got the Nets. We'll see how long that ceiling lasts, obviously, KD and Kyrie. And they seem to be building something slowly. We'll always, oh, yeah, there's also what, – what's that brother's name again? Ben. Yeah. Um <laughs> Ben is also there. So yeah, on a good on a good year, on a very good year, I would say the conference finals would be like somewhat of an achievement for them. But then it's not remiss to say see that that's a nice word there. Um, um it's not remiss to point out that James Harden is a specialist in debut games. Now I was watching that game, just shaking my head, like you are a charlatan. Because when he sat down on the bench, he was all leaning forward, looking all interested, like clapping. on I was thinking, I ain't seen this in like two to three years, buddy. All of a sudden, new environment, that he's, like, he's clapping the team. He's he down, he's looking that's, that's,
2: that's the game, you know. He
0: has that's to the win game. over the Listen. new team.
2: And you have to win over the new city
0: as well. Um, the ball movement was moving. I was thinking, oh, Harden's really playing in the flow. He was, he was sagging a bit on the help defense. On the when the ball was in the corner, I was thinking, ah. Oh, mm.
1: Pretty interesting, huh?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you're saying conference finals um, on a good year in a good year. Um, they've gone all in, like obviously, James has added the additional year, um, until next year, but then they're on the clock. And talking about the contract that he'd potentially signed with them, it's like 50 mil a year for five years uh, in his early 30s. So that's taken him close to 40. Um, and, you know, Daryl Morey loves James Harden. How long can he maintain this sort of all star level MVP level um, sort of play? Because they have a tough decision to make next year and they've gone all in they've gone all in I don't Um, think the conference finals will necessarily be enough to to justify um spending 250 million on a guy who's yeah definitely had his best days um and then Bede is at that stage now where he wants to be on a team that can win the title every single year I think his talent deserves that sort of sort of team um so you're saying conference finals say si, obviously you you support the nets who are going to obviously be a team that the 76ers potentially have to get through to get out of the east how good do you potentially see this 76 team becoming if all things fit in on slotting nicely
1: uh poor i'd would, I'd would always class them as a contender because over over the last like what three years especially we've seen that all all the favorites end up with an injury that sort of derails their playoff run. So that that's that's always at the back of my mind. And if they manage to stay healthy and other teams struggle with 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 health, then obviously they've got two players who on any given night can just go off. Mm. Um, so you're always going to bet. You're always going to bet on a team like that. At the same time, though, I think roster construction is going to become a bit more of an issue because at present, what they are looking for is. For somebody like uh Tybal or Maxi to elevate to that next level. Obviously, Tybalt is, is excellent on the defensive end, albeit a really, really unorthodox defender. Um, yeah. <laughs> very, very there's un- not
2: really like you know, you, you usually do your player comps, there's not really many that you can compare him to that I've I've seen in the last 10 or so, 10-15 years of watching the game. Um, I think again, where where I mentioned James coming in and making things easy. I think with a guy like um, Tybal, if he's giving you that all-NBA-level defence on the perimeter, you're, you're able to put him on the team's best wing player um, and he can get you even 10, 12 points slashing to the rim, you'll you'll more than happily take that. Maxi, I think, is a, is a player you're really interested in. Um, it's looking at him making that sort of next jump, That's right? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I saw the, the, the vids of him practising threes with James, going back-to-back, until one of them missed um and for all the negative things you can say about James Harden he's he's been a terrific player in this league um so any sort of knowledge and 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 coaching and veteran kind of know-how that he can pass on to the younger guys it's it's, it's only going to make the 76ers stronger right
1: 100% and 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 that's that's the thing they need to they need to be able to find a little bit of a balance with two two guys that do the majority of their work in the half court they are going to be very much reliant on those younger guys to be the spark in transition and really put pressure on teams to increase the pace at times. Because if they if they just play in the half court, it's going to get a bit sticky. Because we know what Doc Rivers does when 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 things slow down a little bit, seems to overthink yeah. and misassign players' roles and things like that. So they're gonna they're really really going to need one of these or both of those uh, young guys to really start to up their game and be main contributors as opposed to just supplementary pieces.
2: Mm, agreed. Agreed. Go on, K.
0: Yeah, I thought I'd had a bit of Statman Dave in Yaz's absence <laughs> to this conversation, of course. Statman K. So, <laughs> Statman K. he got a nice ring to it, man. But yeah, I, I agree with what um, Sai said about Maxi. And also, we need to remember, one, he's 21. So he's very, 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 very young. And yeah, he actually, well, funnily enough, shoots the ball very efficiently. So on two two point attempts, he's shooting 50%. That's two years in a row now, and I think from three he's shooting around 39%. And it's a big difference from last year. I think he started no, he started eight games last year. Now he's very much a starter this year, all the games, and he's gone up from eight points to 17 and a half. So if you're scoring no 17, not saying 17, 17 and a bit, and you're giving them three boards, almost five assists, 47% from the field, 30, almost 40% from three. And eighty-seven percent from the line, like he's been somewhat consistent this year. So you can yeah. at least hopefully count on him at the later stages. But again, his age might play against him in that sense. The same with Tybalt. I'm not really sure. The numbers aren't in his favor, but he like said he's an orthodox defender, and it seems that like they've got a good setup when they're there because the ball moves a lot quicker when and what's it called? Maxi's on the floor, and they're very happy for him to just push it and go. So You need that. You need that. I think yeah.
2: if they can, if they can continue to force turnovers, you need your young guys, your Maxi and your thighball just getting up the floor. And yeah, quite a few of the baskets that they got against the Wolves were just to kind of throw it in the head. And you know, Joel can do it. We know James Harden can do yeah, it. James um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Worry of his exactly, exactly. We're so guys um, in,
0: uh, on the break. Yeah, you're, you're right. You, you let's talk yeah, about Tobias. Let's not forget to buy a tyrant as well, yes, even apparently. though we do not I call him Joe Cole for a
2: reason. J- Joe C O A L for a reason. He's on a huge he's on a huge contract. He is Doc Rivers' guy. Um, I don't know how he how he shapes up in comparison to other third guys across the league. Um, it's always tough. where a guy kind of goes from that clippers team who are kind of plucky underdogs, fringe playoff mm. team, um, and he looks really good. Um, but then you go to a team that's at the next level, a couple of levels up, really, you're getting less touches of the ball. You're expected to be a bit more efficient. You also have to do a bit more defensively to make up for the fact you are being asked to do more offensively. He probably doesn't get re-signed um, but, but I might be wrong. I'm gonna Middleton. go on a limb
0: and say he's not much worse than, or not much worse than what's his name over at the Bucks, my Somalian brother, Middleton. I knew, men- I knew you were gonna.
2: I knew you were gonna mention Chris Middleton. He's always
0: the go. He's always the go-to. Listen, Chris I respect. This I know. Listen, listen, listen. listen. Yeah, go on. I respect what he brings to the game. However, yeah, you, can admit you said that was like the biggest smirk on your face. <laughs> hey, man, this is, this is... <laughs> That's what I do. I, obviously I I say this because the people were calling them. There were people that were calling him better than Yanis. Yeah, he was their main player until Yanis had to drop fifty, and that stopped. But yeah, with Chris, one the situation is very favorable, and of course, the main thing which you always mention on this pod is consistency. So that's one thing he at least has over Tobias in that sense. But in terms of like their scoring ability and what they do in terms of like ball handling, there's really not much difference. And the only difference in their situation is obviously Middleton is the second option on the team, so the ball is coming to him. But unfortunately, at good old Sixers here, they've got at least three men who the ball is going to before it comes to Tobias, and obviously that doesn't help when his contract is like one hundred and twenty million. So that doesn't really help his favor. But in reality, the ball's going to Harden. It's going to Embiid. At this point, he's even going to Maxi before it comes to him.
2: Yeah, but I think that's so. because Maxi has remember he 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 had um, a good reputation coming into the draft, and he slipped a bit. Um, in comparison to where people expected him to go. Um, so he ended up at a good a good team. But Maxi's just grabbed it with both hands. And at times, that's what it comes down to in this league. Like, you can't let a rookie come out the gate and, you know, dispel somebody like Tobias, who at this point is a vet in this league, yeah, he should be the clear third third choice on that team. And Maxi should be able to pick his moments and play with the bench squad. Um, But Maxi's just taken it and ran with it, really. So Tobias Harris, I think he's not a player that we speak about enough, but they'll need him to raise it. If we're talking about them being title contenders, I think, you know, like we say, you know what you're getting from Embiid. We feel like we know what we're getting from James Tyrese is coming into his own. Tobias, I'm, I'm looking at you, bro. Like, what are you going to be giving us on a night-by-night basis to, to lift that ceiling for the team? So... um Listen, we know they're going to have bad games. We know it's the NBA. We know they're going to have bad games. We know the press are going to react. The media are going to, oh, Harden, worst contract. We know Stephen A is going to do his thing. Um, and we know Doc Rivers is going to find a way to blame somebody else. But listen, Always. Philadelphia, all, all eyes are on you. All eyes are on you. You've gone in. You've gone in for James Harden and, and Darren Morey. The minute he got there, he, he, they were linked to, to Harden. So everybody's got what they want now. James is obviously on a team where um, he feels like he can rely on his fellow, you know, all-star MVP level player to be there night in, night out in comparison to a certain situation in Brooklyn, which we won't speak on, si. Um So, you got to run with it now. you got to run with it. So, it'll be interesting to see where we are, where they are.
0: Yeah, you know where what?
2: we are, where they are in like five
0: weeks, you know? I'll put my hands up. His usage has been identical there for the last three, four years. What are we talking about? Stocks. Tobias, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Statla, I'm
2: Statla sorry. K, he's, still, he's still easing himself into the role. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> just,
0: I'm sorry. That's what you call manipulation and misinterpretation of data. That, <laughs> and right now, he, that feels he's, right. He's, that feels he's just, right. He's just, to just boring.
1: he's just a boring
0: player. It, this <laughs> is it. And if, it, if anything, his usage has it's been the same here. since he's it's been boring. there for four years. Steadier. I'm still average 22% or 23.5% usage rate, and his number's been steady dropping. So, yeah, <laughs> you got me.
2: Yeah. You, you got me. Hopefully, James is able to get these guys, you know, four to six easy buckets a game, and everybody sees a little boost. Um, cool. So, that's the Eastern Conference, and the 76ers are going to be a team that I'm sure we'll talk about uh, again on this podcast in the coming weeks. Um, the second team I wanted to talk to you guys about is the Phoenix Suns coming off a 117 to 102 loss to um CJ McCollum's uh Pelicans um <laughs> CJ McCollum's um, they, they, they <laughs> were giving them boys a run around boy CJ McCollum's Pelicans um what did you think about the actual game guys
1: Learn more at marines.com. I do uh, immediately, as soon as as soon as I started to see that the game was uh, trending in the direction of uh, the Pelicans running with it. It's the second night of a back-to-back, man. Like, it yeah. plays a part. At the end of the day, obviously, um, first game back from All-Star break, uh, Phoenix played the OKC Thunder. They slapped him about. Devin Booker had 12 assists. Everyone was like, oh. CP three gone. It don't matter. Booker's here, which to an extent I did. I did play into Booker is my guy. Um, but I think one one of the things that I think a lot of people do forget about Devin Booker is he's had seasons where he's averaged close to seven assists. So mm-hmm. he's not he's not a guy who is score only. He can facilitate. He can get his guys buckets. Like he is a he is a very good all around player. Obviously, playing against the the Pelicans, I was a little bit upset at the fact that they couldn't hold on and and make that game a bit more competitive. But naturally, when there's tired legs, the ball moves a little bit slower. People aren't moving off the ball as much. So you do get into isolation basketball a little bit more. And that's indicative by the fact that Booker and DeAndre Ayton, of all people, ended up having a big night. Um, Whereas the game against OKC, he had like five or six guys in double digits. So spread the on- offense a lot more. And I guess
2: that is the thing that they lose with Chris Paul not being there. It's kind of, he manages, like I think when you talk about players and their regular season floor, like we can talk about, well, we won't talk about his playoff um failures, but I always felt like Chris Paul, at his best, whatever roster, give him a bunch of garbage, man. He's getting you fifty wins, Eastern or Western Conference. What, where, where? Well, yeah, his, his career literally
0: shows that. How many, how many did he get? At OKC. Uh,
2: yeah, they were like they were like uh, uh, a fringe playoff team who ended up making the playoffs pretty comfortably, and they took uh, the Houston Rockets to seven, if I remember correctly. Or, but they, I, I they don't want to digress. But what what he able to do in those games is just make sure the offense spreads, and then knows when to kind of take over a little bit, get some points, and obviously how him and Booker performed in the clutch this season speaks for itself, and the Suns' record speaks for itself. But that's what I'll be interested in seeing how Devin Booker manages, because at this point, he's been in the league for, what, six, seven years? Um, So he knows the league. In you know, He's a multiple-time All-Star. He's a player who, I think from your perspective, side feel like he probably doesn't get enough credit for how for how yeah, good he is yeah.
1: um
2: and when you look at the Suns with the record they have the fact that they don't actually have a player in the MVB conversation um you're looking at Booker CP3 is going to be out for a couple of months potentially in this run if they're able to maintain that winning record Booker is going to be the player that comes to the ascendancy so it'll be interesting to see how he's able to manage that you know you've got Cam Johnson filling in a 100%. Michael Bridges, while his numbers from last year are pretty much identical, I think he's a bit not shooting as well from three, but not, not, not more refined as a player
1: for sure. That's
2: what I was gonna say. That's 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 the difference between just looking at the numbers and watching, and watching so, the game. Yeah,
1: exactly. You see, you see the type of shots that he's that he's taking now. Obviously, he's developing a little bit more of a mid-range game. I think he's. It's yeah, quite, it's quite interesting watching a team like the Suns because it is purest basketball at the end of the day. Like. Mm. When you, Think about CP3 as a point guard. He accounts for what, like 44% of their assists. Yeah, that's a big percentage. Like over over the course of his career, he's at like 45%. So you can tell that like he he is that natural point guard. Yeah, we all know that about him. When you look at someone like Devin Booker, over the years he's added little kinks to the to the armor, added added new weapons. He's gone from like uh, 31.3% on pull-up threes to 40.2%, which is second in the league in terms of percentage of shots made yeah. off pull-up three-pointers. This is a guy who is class in that category of mid-range vans. So it's, it's, it's so good to see like a complete basketball team that has guys like Cam Johnson, who, again, as you mentioned, he's going to just slot into that secondary guard spot but he's been playing the equivalent of start of minutes pretty much the whole season anyway, so it's not yeah. going to be a massive adjustment. They are just going to be able to shuffle the pieces a little bit. I'd, I'd say the, the only worry I have for them is obviously Devin Booker is going to have that additional uh, strain on teams being able to throw double teams at him with yeah. more frequency. But I think he he ninety seven percent of his shots come off of uh, contested he's used, he, and, he's and, used and, to it and where good. he's
2: not a kind of like transcendent athlete and uh, maybe quiz yeah, game a lot of his game is below the rim um this is how this is how he's played since he exactly. since he got into the league and what cp3 was able to really kind of do was alleviate a bit of that pressure because it's you can't leave you can't leave him unguarded so i guess where they lose that what other players are you looking at to chip in a little bit more and potentially get a bit more touches, and potentially you know bolster their 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 kind of um, reps ahead of what's going to be hopefully a, a deep playoff run for the Suns.
1: Yeah, I think I think primarily I want I I hope that they just double down on the defense and get some easy buckets in transition. Mm. They've got two guys in uh, Johnson and and Bridges who, when the ball is moving quick, they get open looks. Like that's that's just what they're good at. Um, in the half-court, Mikel Bridges, again, is going to have to really, really double down on his off-the-ball movement and make those make those two-pointers in, in at a high clip because they play within the three-point line quite, quite substantially uh, in terms of the flow of their offense and stuff. They're just not scared to play the extra pass. So as long as they can continue to have movement off the ball, have guys like Aiton uh, not necessarily running pick-and-roll plays because... Admittedly, most of his buckets just come throw it down low and he puts it up from like within the restricted area. Like he's not really (laughs) doing all that much. He does have a little bit of a bag, but I would I'd be reluctant to rely too heavily on him. So you're looking at you're looking at either Bridges or Johnson to just pad out some of the CP3 production and then just really, really, really try to overwhelm teams with ball movement. And
2: transition buckets. Yeah, they, they've got Monty, who's uh, one of the best, one of the best coaches in the league. I think we can say that pretty comfortably. One hundred. Yeah. So they'll. So def- yeah. they'll, they'll definitely be. <laughs> they'll definitely be. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. It'll just be interesting to me to see how Booker goes off because it's been uh, a while since he's just had the solo keys um, to the team and just see what he's able to put up and just. Not that he's not respected, but he feels somewhat underrated. Um, you know, he's put some damn respect on my name. Uh basically if I, I if don't I was.
1: understand there. why how, how DeRozan has somehow leapfrogged this guy in terms of public perception. Like I think it's recency uh, it's bias, people, to be honest. Recency
0: <laughs> bias. Recency bias. Yeah. Too long ago, they were on a like ball's me.
1: jersey. You take a couple mid ranges, and people start Ma. treating you like we, MJ. We were calling <laughs> him.
2: Jamar do you know what? So well? Do you know what? We with were Devin as well, De 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 do you know what? With Devin as well, yeah, it's kind of like hey, he came, he came in, son, and that's what we do. <laughs> you know what is with Devin as well? He kind of he came in, and they weren't winning, and they called, uh, you know, he's a player who's only puts up points on losing teams, can't win with him. Obviously, we saw them start to trend upwards from the bubble. So before Chris Paul even got there, and obviously, you add a player of Chris Paul's level, it's only going to elevate your ceiling even more. Um, And it's kind of like his his, his respect hasn't increased with the improvement in the team. And I think his, as much as I've loved cp Pre 3 over the years, he's the media darling, isn't he? He's, yeah. the, he's the legend. He's the kind of player that we've watched yeah exactly he's a player we've watched for coming up to to 20 years do his thing um and as a result a guy like Devin Booker who doesn't necessarily play that game the same way isn't necessarily a media darling gets kind of pushed into the background and um I doubt he's too bitter because you know he's paid his team's doing better and and he's an all-star um but surely some part of him at points must be like what the fuck like I'm I'm doing my thing and he posted something on Twitter a few weeks ago, which was like their run of something like 10, 15, yeah, 20 yeah. games and they'd had like two losses. Hell. Yeah, it's like Booker 38 points, Booker 42, Booker 27. Like, leads, so obviously he's going to always lead them in scoring, like you say, but he can play make and he can make things easier for guys. So, yeah, it, it will be for sure good to see that. Um, oops, K, I don't know what to say to you, bro. Uh, you, you got broad shoulders. <laughs> you. you got broad shoulders. i give you that. Um, si, we, we didn't touch on your nets, but we for sure will be doing so in the next uh, few weeks. Um, and we will be keeping an eye on Devin Booker and his sons. Um, but until next time, guys, peace. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.